All right, all right. Welcome to episode eight of All Sports No Ball. It's one twenty-two in the morning. Raj, how you doing? I'm good, Seth. How are you? Oh, I'm doing great. We finally got this working. Uh, Jesus Christ, it's one, it's one thirty in the morning. Raj, we got some big news, don't we? Yeah, we definitely do. Let me hear it, Seth. All right. So my boy, my boy. Roger Moore, the realest motherfucking G, is now my co-host. I'm happy, happy to announce that I finally have a permanent co-host. And it's going to be our podcast now. We're going to have a Twitter up and running probably by the end of the night. Probably tomorrow morning because it's fucking 1.23. So we're going to just dive right into some shit. We're going to figure it out. It's going to be messy. We're going to get down and dirty and all this sports nonsense, but it's going to be a wild ride. So fasten your motherfucking seatbelt. Raj, I'm just going to ask you one thing, buddy. Uh, talking to like your mic more because you're pretty quiet on my end, at least. Uh, Got you, bud. Let her thank you. <clears throat> thank you. Okay. Let's dive right into the fucking Red Sox. They won seven to seven to one. Seven to one? Yeah, seven to yep. one. All my boys showed up. <laughs> this 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 game made me so happy. Cause cause you know you know who scored or uh, who drove in the first round of the game, right? <laughs> Let me hear it, Seth. Jose Iglesias. Of course. I knew he want I know he wanted to say it. That's that's the that's the Seth <laughs> favorite right there. Oh my god. I love Jose Iglesias. And then, did you fucking see Christian Vasquez's home run? <laughs> oh, absolutely no. That was a fucking piss missile. Yep, he's been uh, both catchers between him and Sandra Leon hitting the fucking ball better of late. So, definitely good to see more offense from behind the dish. I mean, the, the, tonight's game was just an example of how the Red Sox just don't know how to lose, and they continue to just tear through pretty much everybody that they come across. Then the latest victim, the Detroit Tigers. Fucking stared down J.D. Martinez. Hey, you may have 20 home runs, but have you fucking hit a piss missile like this? Holy <laughs> fucking shit. He has two home runs in three days. Yeah, as Mother- I said, he's been really squaring the ball up. Can't can't fucking hit one out of the yard for like two months, then pimps the shit out of one, and then hits this bomb. <laughs> like, I fucking love. Well, the thing I love about his home runs is like they not only do they go like a mile and a half, but they're always like game tying or go ahead home runs. Like he has like nine career home runs, and like six of them were to tie or go ahead in the game. <laughs> Which is the weirdest fucking shit in the world. You know what I mean? Dare I call him clutch? Yeah. I mean, and don't forget, he doubled too. So, like, he doubled, he doubled in a run. So, he's, he's squaring up the ball. Fucking team. Oh, my God. Get Sandy Leone off this team. Uh, what else happened in the game? Uh, Sam Travis had one at bat. Singled, got an RBI. 
What a guy. They just called him back up from AAA Paul Tuckett. Yes, they did. To fill in the roster spot. He'd be uh, back on the DL again. Yeah. I'm beginning to wonder if Pajorin's done. Uh, I mean, we'll we'll see how the rest of 2018 plays out. It hasn't been the prettiest of seasons, obviously. He's been on the DL for most of it. but I, I was going to say he's played three games. Three? Yeah, yeah, he's he's been on the field very, very minimally, to say the least. Like, that's just, I, I don't know. I just, I hate it when a player plays too long and the end of their career isn't as good as they deserve. You know, you know what I mean? Like, like you, I, I have such real good memories of Pedroia that I don't want him to go out in carrying like a fucking cane. <laughs> no, I, I I share that sentiment with you. I hope that the end of his career, whenever it comes, isn't going to be full of injuries. But I mean, for the time being, he can't seem to shake the injury bug and he'll be back on the DL for a while. They called up Sam Travis and I believe they called someone else up. I'm not positive who. Um, but... oh God. Uh, they called up the pitcher who's actually pitching tomorrow. Oh my god, what the uh Jalen Meeks, that's his name. Yep. Twenty four year old up as well, so twenty four year old Jalen uh Jalen Meeks. Um the two things I wanna say about the Red Sox pitching. Three things. Three things. I'm throwing one in oh, that I can even curse on you. I'm about to throw a hot cake at you that you don't even know is coming. <laughs> Let me hear it, Seth. Hot take number one. Why the fuck is Hector Velasquez not? Oh. <laughs> the motherfucker is 5-0 and this year. You know who has five? You know who's 5-3? and three? Who? Chris fucking Sale. <laughs> Seth, don't you think that wins are a little bit of a loaded stat? Oh, they totally are. But at the same time, it's like, come on now. Why the fuck is this dude not starting? We got Pomeranz and Rod- Well, I mean, Rodriguez has been a bona fide stud this year. But why the I think, fuck is I think, I think it? I think it could be argued that wins are kind of a crab stat where... I don't, I don't care. Just because you, you gobble up wins in the MLB doesn't mean that your ERA is going to be great or your whip. Okay. Or any, in fact, any other, any other extended pitching stat okay. is not okay. going to correlate directly... With the amount of wins you have. I don't think that's a fair assessment. Okay. In 30.2 innings, Hector Velasquez has an ERA of 2.05. In 37 innings for Pomerantz, he has an ERA of 6.81. Do I need to say more? Well, Pomerantz has been awful, but I wouldn't compare him to Drew Pomerantz at all. No, 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 no. no. My point is, why is Pomerantz still a starter on this team and Velasquez isn't? Oh, I don't really know what you're going to do with Drew Pomerantz unless he's a starter. He's not going to go to the pen. Put him in the pen or get get rid of him. I don't think they can get rid of him now. They can't press the panic button too early, Seth. Too early? I think you have to let it play out to the All-Star break. See where he's at then, and then you can start. Don't hit the panic button too early. We've had this guy like three years. Yeah, but he's had he's had stretches where he's been very successful, almost our number two pitcher. He's almost thirty. How he's old almost for sale. 
I mean, I will give you last year he did go seventeen and six. Uh, again, I don't care about the wins. I care about how he did yeah, in terms of ERA, WHIP. Well, three point three two. That's not bad. It's pretty good for a starter. He, he pitched. He and many times during that season, he pitched like our number two, especially because Porcello was down. But, Stephen Wright was hurt. Again, he was a number two. He's so up and down that like I'd rather just let the last guy start. <laughs> yeah, but you don't know what you're gonna get out of him once you make him a starter. He might totally crap the bed. We don't know. It's definitely something to try out. I don't see why not. Velasquez is a fucking starter. He's not a fucking bullpen guy. He's a fucking starter. Well, well, I'm sure we'll find out, won't we? And uh, by the way, Chris, to to your point, Chris Sale is also 29. (laughs) All right, so I guess age isn't as important as you wanted to make it out to be. Uh, It is. You don't don't get better in your 30s. Well, some people but, age like wine. Enter Bartolo right? Cologne. Bartolo Cologne? If, oh, <laughs> if, it, if it weren't for how well he pitched in the beginning of the career, the beginning of his career, he would not have been playing five years ago, let alone today. And he's still twirling here. So, that, so, I mean, that has nothing to do with him aging like wine. He is washed up and done. Oh, no. Seth don't, don't get him, don't get Seth revved up about Bart. He, he has nothing good to say. But we're right, we're, right. we're off topic here. My second one. We're off topic. My second one. Joe Kelly is the best reliever in baseball, and I'm sick of people not acknowledging that and not talking more about it. What, what do you want Dirt. them to do, Seth? Do you want them to be like, "Holy mackerel, look at Joe Kelly. He's a god." Blah, I, blah, 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 I blah. bet you, Joe. I bet you, Joe Kelly won't make the All Star team this year. I don't know if he should or shouldn't. He definitely who who who's better? Who's been better? I mean, the Yankees been, have a couple guys in the pen. He's been throwing flame balls past everyone in the fucking league for three months. I mean, his whip is pretty good. I believe it's uh, it's below one. I think I believe it's like point nine five or in that ballpark. His ERA is, is below three. He's he's saying I'm gonna well, throw. He, has, he has good stuff, but again, he has he's more of a he's been been a middle reliever guy. They haven't really relied on him as anything but that. So I mean, it, it it's hard to get those guys into to get voted into the All Star game when you're not a bona fide closer or even a setup man for that matter. And I mean, he's been in a couple say uh, setup man situations for some old. So we've had some technical difficulties, guys. This episode is just going to be full of them. We're figuring this shit out. But as you were saying, he's been, he was riddled with what? Oh, shoots and ladders. I, for the life of me, I cannot remember what we were talking uh, about. You were probably going to go down the road of he had three, three games where he fucking shit the bed. Oh, as it pertains to Joe Kelly... Yep. Yeah. Joseph, look, Joseph he, Kelly. Jim Buchanan. I, I, just I just don't see him being voted into the All Star game. I mean, I mean, I'm, I'm, on... I'm gonna vote for him. <laughs> I'm voting for him. He's getting a vote for me before uh, Kimbrell. Really? You think he's been yeah. more valuable? You think he's been more valuable to the Boston Red Sox than uh, Kimbrell? Craig Kimbrell. Hot, hot take alert. Yes. <laughs> okay. Uh, I. 
I won't argue that one, I guess. Uh, and then my third one, God, I love Stephen Wright. <laughs> really, you do? 16 straight scoreless innings, seven shutout in his first start of the year. Hasn't a lot of runs since coming back to the big league club. God, yeah. God. Yeah, he, he's looked a lot better. He's looked like he's coming back to form. The knuckleball is staying low in the zone. 16 Maybe. innings, 14 yeah. strikeouts. It's still a small, small sample size, but looks like he's settling in back into the Sox rotation, hopefully for good. Love about like we had Tim Wakefield for what, like thirteen years? Yeah. And then like five seconds after he retired, we like called up Stephen Wright. <laughs> That's true. We've had a knuckleballer. They're like, hey. For a while. They're like, hey. We know you like this shit. <laughs> God, I recently, so I was digging through my old baseball cards. I recently found a Tim Wakefield one with the Pirates, and like, that's my new prize possession. <laughs> like, I loved Tim Wakefield. I, re- I went to one of his last games where he came out of the bullpen. Like, I, I miss, I miss him so much. That and my other prized possession is a uh, Ken Griffey Jr. card from his third year. But that's beside the point. <laughs> I don't know how I got that, but I'm happy about it. Um, but, yeah, like, Red Sox just don't lose. Oh, yeah, they, they've been dominant, yeah. and hopefully they keep it up as we march through the month of June. But, hey, you know, you know what I learned the other day? What did you learn, Seth? There's a section of Yankees fans that can that that think the Yankees are in first place as of yesterday. Well, what's tricky about it is the Yankees had like five or six rainouts, so they're five or six games behind schedule. They're gonna have to make it up somewhere. What's because they don't fucking? If it's not like a hundred and sunny, they fucking they call it off. Well, with that, and they've been on the road too, so you don't know like. Games are gonna get rained out in the Midwest. In Midwest, but, but hey, talking about people being soft, Shohei Otani was pulled from his start for another fucking blister. Really, I am sick of this crap out of him. He doesn't. He doesn't start against who? Who did he not start against? Because they needed to give him rest or whatever the thing was okay let me look let me look that up real quick the one thing i will say seth while you're looking that up is that as a pitcher those little inconveniences can be truly a pain in that rear end to say the least not that that excuses him at all like that's something that you should try to work through at least to some that's extent right that, that's what it was they uh they cited that they longer term objectives and not wanting to overload him. He skipped his start against Masahiro Tanaka at Yankee Stadium. That's okay. No, that's him not wanting to face a Japanese pitcher. Uh, I'm gonna and like it, it, the thing I the, 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 this guy's like the dumbest, softest guy in the world. Like. I, re- I remember when he was going through his carousel of, like, teams he'll talk to and negotiate. Like, oh, host. 
or like in a small market and he wants to be the only Japanese guy around and then he like goes in interviews with the mariner. <laughs> Ichiro Ichiro Suzuki? I kind of I kind of remember that guy. I don't know about you, but I remember that guy. Like, I don't know. I just, I, I don't get this guy. And so it's kind of frustrating and annoying to hear that, like, like, if, if a rookie pitcher did this, that is, like, American and you're not paying big time bucks to, you'd send him back down to, like, double A. You, you, you get what I'm saying? No, I'm picking up what you're putting down. Like, he's missed two starts for blisters and and one one for no good reason. So, like, keep in mind, I, I don't know. Keep, keep in mind, Seth, he also hits for them. And does, does, a pretty good, did, does a pretty good job as a GH for that team. So, Marvin's just a pitcher. He hits once every, like, three games. Wow. <laughs> I have such sympathy for him. Man, oh man, oh man. There was a hell, a hell of an NBA Finals game tonight. Or this past night, actually. Thursday. But heck, heck of a game out of Golden State. The final score was 110 to 102. Just to run through a couple of the stats. Kevin Durant, the snake, 43 points, 13 rebounds, 7 assists. LeBron James with a triple-double, 33, 10, and 11. That was that was just – it was a crazy game. I mean, Draymond had another tech. He's two away from being suspended. I mean, not that it's going to matter because I don't think he's going to get two technicals in game four. I'm pretty sure Cleveland's going to get swept. Oh, speaking of Cleveland getting swept, did you see the Isaiah Thomas video on Jimmy Kimmel? I did not. What, what was that about? I, I'm I'm going to try to find a way to put that audio in this part of the segment. Um, he was on Jimmy Kimmel. They were doing a quiz show. It was him and the older Isaiah Thomas from, like, the Bad Boys Pistons era, you know? Yep. And he was down the, – the current – NBA Isaiah Thomas, formerly of the Cavs, formerly of the Celtics, was down 50 to 0 to his older counterpart. And he looked at and and all of a sudden just said, uh, God, I want to say it was simply just just like the Cavs, I'm about to get swept. <laughs> on live on live national TV. Like it almost you can by looking at him, he almost regrets it. Like He's like, I can't believe I just said that. And the older Isaiah Thomas just loses it, like has to walk out of the view of the camera because he's just dying. That's hilarious. He just ripped him a new one. And and that's why I love IT. I love the new IT. I miss him. I mean, I love Kyrie. I won't lie. But, but back to the NBA Finals, what are your thoughts on Cleveland? Are, are they done? Well, I, I, well, look, there's never been a team in for the NBA Finals, I believe. You can fact-check me on this, but I don't believe 
that was down 0-3 in an NBA Finals series that ever came back, I believe, their own 13 in that regard. So this series is over. I, I still believe – I'm going to stick with my pre-NBA Final prediction that this series will go five games like it did last year. Remember last year Golden State was up 3-0 in Cleveland, and Cleveland shot the lights out game four to push it back to, back to Oracle Arena where eventually they would lose game five. So I'm going to stay with that. I think I think Cavaliers will figure out how to win a game at home, push it back over to Golden State, and then they'll lose game five. Golden State will win this in five games again. I mean, th- there's nothing really much to be said about it. The Golden State Warriors are just overall just so much better across the board than the Cleveland Cavaliers. Cavaliers don't play much in the way of defense. They're – their shooters are very streaky outside, and it's pretty much just LeBron against four all-star caliber players. So it's just he's playing. He's playing with a team that's just not that good. And as we're going to talk about, probably coming up next, I I wonder what he's going to do this off season because I, I don't think he can stay in Cleveland. All right, uh, just just as a little bit of insight, I looked it up on NBA.com. Three teams have forced a game seven after losing the first three, but no one has come back ever in NBA history. Uh, the three teams to do it, the first was the New York Knicks in, I believe it was the first ever NBA Finals uh, against the Rochester Royals. They came back. They did not win. Uh, 94, uh, Matumbo Nuggets came back in the semi and not win game seven. And then in 03, the Portland Trailblazers against the uh, Mavs, the uh, Dirk Nowitzki uh, Mavs in the first round, but did not win. Uh, speaking of LeBron, every, everyone's jumping on the he leaves bandwagon. I don't think he leaves. What makes you say that? He learned a lot from the first time he left and what it did to his legacy and how much that hurt him being the kid that grew up in Akron. So you have the hometown hero, you know, the guy who everyone loved and then he tore their hearts out by going to Miami, leaving, having the national media turn against him, have everyone hate him. And I just, I feel like that took a toll on him. And I feel like he's not going to want to leave again. He's going to want to fight it out in Cleveland. Unless maybe the Cavs can trade him. Because then it's not on him. You get what I'm saying? Wasn't he going to be an unrestricted free agent? Yes. But I'm saying, like, sign sign with the Cavs, and then, like, a year later, the Cavs trade him. I don't see them trading him. Look, I don't, I, in all honesty, Seth, I don't think it hurts his legacy if he leaves again, unless he goes to the Celtics, which they, I've heard rumblings that maybe that Danny Ainge would have interest, possibly. I highly doubt it. I think we don't have the that. money to support – We don't have the money to support that. He doesn't fit the team, and furthermore – I just don't see it simply based on the fact that the city of Boston hates him. They've hated him for years. It would just be an oh, awesome let's, thing. 
That's Let's be real, though. But, let, but hear me out here. No, no, no. No, 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 no. no, 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 no. That is the only place yeah. that he could go yeah. that he would be yeah. hated and that would hurt his legacy. Yeah. Anywhere else, I think he's okay. You are wrong. I don't no, care what anyone says. I don't care what anyone says. If LeBron James suited up in a in a Celtic uniform next year, I would fucking buy one, and I guarantee you every Celtic fan everywhere would buy one because it means we're going to the finals. <laughs> and we're I would agree in the sense that they'd probably get over it, but that doesn't change the fact that we that Celtics fans have hated him for now fifteen years. That doesn't change that at all. I don't. I don't hate LeBron. I, I most fans do. You know, like all the propaganda shirts that have been made about him in the in, in the city of Boston, and you know it as well as like, I do. They they've like, been around. Are, the last two NBA finals that we went to, the one that we won in 08 and the one that we lost in 2010, we went through Cleveland. I mean, the iconic moment of the LeBron taking off his jersey, the loss happened in Boston. All right, that just feeds into my point again. Boston is the only place that I could see him going and people and him having his legacy ruined in the minds of fans and other people across the league. See, see I Anywhere disagree. Else, I, I think, think he's okay. I think it's, I don't think I think his legacy is ruined no matter what cuz then he's title chasing again and that means he's Well, never- he's at that point in his career where that's pretty much what he's going after. He's trying he's chasing titles. And no matter where he goes, his team's going to be relevant. And look, Cleveland doesn't have the cap space. They have all this, all, all these awful contracts that they're going to have a hard time moving. And if they want to get anybody worth noting, they're going to have to move their eighth overall pick and probably going to have to move a really bad contract. To get somebody like a Paul George is what they're going to have to do. And that's the type of player True. they're going to need to make the next step. See them being able to find a point guard that they can rely on. And I certainly don't see them really adding any firepower that's going to get them past Golden State or the Houston Rockets, for that matter. So I just can't see him staying because he's not going to get anywhere with them. In fact, he really shouldn't be in the NBA Finals right now. Okay. Um, I'm not going to really fight that much with you right now. It's 2 in the morning. I'm tired. We need to get some bed. However, I do want to end on two quick little feel-good stories. Uh, The Astros today drafted Alec Bregman's little brother and Carlos Correa's little brother. And Bregman actually got to tell his little brother that the Astros drafted him, and I thought that was really cool. That's awesome. Always good to hear. Like, like Bregman's brother was at the game, so, like, he didn't know because he was at the fucking game, like, getting ready to watch his brother play. And his brother came up to him before the game. Alex came up to him before the game and was like, bro, we just drafted you. <laughs> Wow. But yeah, I, I, I love world. stories like that. Small world. What's Good athletic one? family. The Correa. Oh, wow. Jesus. Like, I find it cool that they drafted both their little brothers in the same day. I don't know. That's awesome. Uh, my one feel-good story, and that is still pertains to the MLB draft, is we had a Waterford, Connecticut native, Michael Burroughs from – Watford, Connecticut, senior this year, got drafted 11th round by the Pittsburgh Pirates. That was really cool to see. We haven't had a, we haven't had a Connecticut guy get drafted in a while, so that, that was pretty cool uh, to see. Oh, Willie Rios, buddy. Yeah, it's been since Willie Rios, so it's been a few years. 
Uh, it's interesting because I believe he's a D1 commit. He's committed to UConn at this point, and it'd be interesting to see when you get drafted that early, generally speaking, a lot of guys will go straight into the farm system, but it's always interesting to see if some guys choose to go to school or not. Maybe he could go to school, do better, get drafted higher around, get more money out of it, but uh, where did you where did you say that uh he's he's committed UConn UConn yep damn I I missed that I yeah. honest I honest to God missed that that happened what? early this morning you know, out of curiosity I'm just looking real quick what pick yeah I I'm mean not, you I know I knew it was the eleventh round by the Pirates and they didn't make any trades or anything for it so they they took the pick straight up god okay give me one second we can end this right after i figure this out the page i was just on only gave rounds one through ten which is very annoying because i'm trying to find the 2018 here we go okay draft tracker is what i think i want maybe yes round 11. There's so many rounds, man. Yeah, there are. Just so I could give like the full information. Are you sure it was round 11? Yes. Oh, there, there he is, Michael Burrows. Six foot two, 183 pounds. Jesus. Good for him. I think that's. I think that's awesome. I'm just gonna look up state. See. There's, there were a couple of UConn guys picked today, or picked. Yep, I bet. Uh, there was there was an Amity High School catcher, Patrick Amity's Winkle. Powerhouse. Yep, thirty first round. Uh, Brandon Wright out of Simsbury, Jack Montgomery out of Simsbury, uh, Avon Old Farms, which is where uh, Springer went to school, had two guys picked. Yep. Uh, other than that, like not. Too many. New England's becoming a hotbed for baseball, Seth. We're catching up. Yeah. Quality baseball I mean, up here. I mean, that's great. Um, it's honestly what you want to see. Uh, so with that, I'm going to let y'all go. I'm going to let you go. Uh, oh, thank you, Seth. You're a saint. Probably have a new episode out this weekend. I hope. We got to figure out a schedule. It's going to be interesting. Like I said, I'll have the Twitter up. Uh, there's still my Twitter at, oh God, at Seth Hisman, I think, is my, let me let me look that up real quick. Roger's going to get one for, specifically for I'll sports. I'll have something brewed up for everybody by the end of the week. Is that Hisman? We'll, we'll be revved up. We'll be fired on all cylinders. Yep, and I'll get the, uh, the All Sports No Bull Twitter page up. Both of I will have access to that. You can DM us there. You can DM me. Uh, yeah. Adios.